Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott joining us now. What do you guys think? Uh, I do believe they fought hard, man. That was a great fight, and, and I think Jake had the best line of the night as we're sitting here watching it. He, he said, you know, they really made Chris Paul beat him, you know. They made Chris Paul really do what Chris Paul does, and, uh, man, he's he's special. He really is special. I mean, he transformed this entire franchise. Like, as we were running through the best point guards of all time. It's a unique career because of the fact that he bounced around and has rubbed some people the wrong way, and so – you know, he ended up moving a lot at the end because none of those other guys do you have this. Ex- like, we don't know if John Stockton had moved to another franchise without Jerry Sloan, whether he would have completely taken over the franchise, dictated who they were, and suddenly turned one of the grand losers into an NBA finals team. Like, I mean, the Phoenix Suns are one of the grand losers of all of the NBA for the last two decades. Chris Paul arrives and they go to the NBA finals. They were looking for a leader. Right. And, and, He's getting the job done. I mean, they're paying attention. Monty has tremendous amount of confidence in him out there on the floor. So. What do you think, uh, like Jimmy Butler, he might be better with younger players, impressionable players, and not with, say, stars, right, on a super team? Might be. I mean, the story on Chris Paul, we're just going to be perfectly honest about it, is that he's just so overwhelmingly tenacious at every minute of every day that it works for a year. And then when you come back in October of the second year and he starts in on you again, you're just like, Oh my gosh, no, really nine months of this. And then they can't, people can't handle it. Right. And that's why like, and I, you know, I think this story might be changing a little bit as some other people's uh, images are changing and perception on some other people might have been altered, but doc rivers used to say like, basically it came out and admitted that they never practiced because they didn't get along well enough in LA. And so they couldn't practice because you couldn't get that team together enough because they, they'd worn out. There were a bunch of players who signed with Chris Paul, like who wouldn't re-sign, right? Like not big name players, but Trevor Reese's Luke Ben Mamute's like that was the story on Chris Paul. So to your point, Jake, yes, maybe getting Devin Booker and Deandre Ayton. And so there's no doubt. And they don't have the clout to be like, Hey, stop talking to me like that. Or we don't have to deal with it. And the Suns this year, that was the question I had this year. Well, let's see how they react when Chris Paul yells at them in October. In the they, second, second in year. In the second year. And, been, and they haven't blinked yet this year. That's the thing that's so impressive about them. Every other team has, has a bunch of terrible losses this year. They don't have any. They, they are not blinking in games like tonight because of exactly what we just saw firsthand. Right? No offense to our guys, but this is exactly what our guys did not do in Detroit, did not do against Houston, did not do against Indiana. It's what Golden State didn't do against Indiana, frankly. Right. But but Chris Paul tonight did exactly. He willed that team to make sure they would not lose that game. Yeah. And you talked about it early in that third quarter. Right. And I mean, he was going into those final minutes. Um, I came down, talked to you between the break there toward the uh, end of the third quarter. And he was like, he's going to he's going to put his stamp on this thing. And he made three or four plays right in a row before he went out. He had to play. He played the entire fourth quarter. He played all 12 of the fourth quarter. Chris Paul dropped 40 minutes tonight. Wow. He had 41 minutes against the Pacers. Like, that seems not great, but maybe not. He's in his six, 17th year. He just played 40 minutes. So that's a win for the Jazz. Well, well let's see how I he mean, plays. I mean, they pushed him to the brink, right? This, this is, but you have to remember that he might not be practicing as well. Oh, yeah. You know, he might just be shooting around, hanging around, not doing much running or anything like that in practice. So he's probably getting his rest. I, I played with a guy named Dantley that was not a practice person. But you put him in the ball game, he was a different person. You know what we're talking about? We're talking about practice. Practice. <laughs> yeah, that'd be Allen Iverson. Huh? By the way, that is the third time this season that Chris Paul has played 40 minutes in a game. And back-to-back. And the last time was against Indiana on the 22nd. Prior to that was on the 14th against Portland. I also would say this, like here's a really interesting note about his minutes played this year. He's played 35 and a half minutes. So 36, 12 times. They're 11 and one. Wow. He might control that. I mean, that's the other line about like, do you think I could coach? Like the big joke is like a coach walks at one coach walks up to one, another coach. Hey, do you think I could coach Chris Paul? You gonna let him coach a team. Yeah. Then you can coach Chris Paul. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now, he and Monty have such a relationship that maybe that's not the case, but I, I got to think that Chris Paul's the one who said to Monty, like, I want all 12 of the fourth quarter tonight. 
probably yeah. part of it could be part of his their their relationship, right? The deal. Right. Or he just, you know what, playing all twelve didn't want to come out because they're not going to lose to that Jazz team, right? Yeah, like hey, well, I'm going to win this game tonight. I, I, yeah. I get the fourth quarter. That was pretty incredible. If they have that kind of relationship, I can see it happening. He, went, too. he scored or assisted on 20 straight points tonight. He's 36. Wow. In all sorts of different ways. You know, that's <laughs> the cool part. That's a great point. I mean, he doesn't do it just, I mean, he mixes it up. You know, gets a switch and he'll drive or pull back. It's, it's fun to watch. Darren Williams is fighting boxing matches and Chris Paul is kicking our ass. And, and playing golf in, <laughs> in, in Hawaii. And, Raymond yeah. Felton sitting on a beach somewhere and he is not wearing a Speedo in that figure. <laughs> no. No, definitely not. More like a baggy t-shirt. He's, he, is, he, is, he has got the swim... He does not have a swim shirt on. He's wearing one of those big Hawaiian shirts that's buttoned up just enough so you can't see. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's crazy that he's he's had the longevity. Good for him. And he's he's obviously found a home in Phoenix where he can really play. But you got to give the Jazz credit, right? I mean, that group, we weren't expecting much, and they played well. Yeah, they they uh, they definitely surprised me tonight. Yeah, I hear you. And you didn't have to blast Kane Fitzgerald more than a couple times, so that was good. That bummed me out. I was hoping we'd get a diatribe. Well, he's not as bad as he was when he was a rookie. I mean, that's truthfully, like I haven't blasted Kane Fitzgerald. He's like in his third, like I, uh, he and I just came in the league at the same time is the issue, right? Like, I think I'm in my 13th year or something. And was, was 13, that Oklahoma 14th? city? Was, I mean, he butchered that call, right? Yeah, that's where it all did. started. It was right. his rookie official. So that's probably my first year with the jazz. He were in Oklahoma city and he blows a call, blows a call and kills us. And then I give him a hard time for like two years and had to get over it. He's now called 56 playoff games. Probably shouldn't fall for that flop though. Yeah. Who's the other guy that you like, David, who threw Rudy out like th- four seconds into the game? Well, I don't remember. Who was, was that, that? Was that one, of the, one of the guys you who like to get that? after? It might have been Mark Davis. Hmm. But that was, like if we're going to be telling the truth about that, that to me was, I don't know this for a fact, but that was that Rudy had laid out the officials yep. publicly. And that official was like, you know what? That's enough. Next like, ball game, wasn't it? Right. Next ball game, yeah. you got thrown out like four seconds in. Like, that's enough. Like, yeah, they he, called the foul on the tip, right? Which I've still never seen. Then since. he knocked the cup over. Yeah, right. And then he got thrown out, right? And that was the official basically saying, "Be quiet." And and I'm not sure I hate that. It's not great, but I can get it. Like if you're gonna have camaraderie amongst the officials of your pride of your group, and one of your guys, like it's not that foreign, right? We all have done this at some point. Somebody's done something to one of your buddies, and you've chested up for your buddy. Well, that's what that official was doing. Oh, I've never stuck up for anybody. Never. I'm Not just once. concerned with myself. I got the last word in, though, Ron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't the going to touch that. The eyes on gang. Like <laughs> <laughs> we pick up on all the nuance, guys. We love the broadcast. You guys do a great job. Somebody's getting all the little inside jokes. <laughs> we, li- we live for it. We do. The alligators had never been mentioned in an NBA broadcast before. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. See ya. ya. 115 to 109 is your final. We're breaking it down next. Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight in Phoenix to the Suns, 115 to 109. The Jazz, of course, shorthanded, fought hard, played hard, gave Phoenix all they could handle. But Chris Paul had to take over in the fourth coach and uh, the Jazz fall. But, man, what a what a mighty effort for a shorthanded squad. And you you said it's so great. You know, we're sitting here watching the game, and my ever-so-esteemed colleague over here said, man, at least they're making Paul play, making him work, right? And there is some some merit to that. I mean, this is a night maybe that, you know, some thought that this would be pretty easy, but the Jazz didn't make it easy. I thought everybody really brought great energy tonight that played. And um, and you just figured that at the end of the day, we talked about Paul and Booker being the two guys that would be the difference, and they definitely were. Paul, 27 on 10 of 17, shooting 4 of 7 from 3, 14 assists, 9 rebounds. Booker, a less efficient 33 points on 14 of 35, shooting 3 of 13 from 3, he had 7 boards and 3 assists. So absolutely made those two players uh, work for it. And as Locke said, Chris Paul had to play 40 minutes tonight. 
to get a win over the shorthanded Jazz. Paul and Booker had 10 turnovers between them. Mm. So, yeah, you have to really appreciate what the Jazz did, you know, kind of short-staffed, but still um, really energetic. And I felt like, um, you know, the team could have quit after the first quarter, not playing very well, but came back just firing in the second quarter and, and carried that over, did a really good job throughout the game. Clarkson uh, led the way for the Jazz with 22 on 9 of 20 shooting, but uh, Trent Forrest, man, did he play hard. 8 of 12 shooting, 17 points for him, 6 boards, 2 assists, and played some very nice defense. Yeah, I, I'm really starting to really appreciate what he can do. Um, you know, really making shots, if he can start just adding some shot making like he did tonight and get that confidence going a little more, I think that you know, can only be great. Uh, but you also look at his rebounding number. He had six rebounds tonight. So uh, really an all-around great game for Trent. Played played hard, and I really felt like at times kind of carried the team through tough stretches. House had 14. Pascal had 14 coming in off the bench. Jared Butler had 13, as did Rudy Gay. Hassan Whiteside had 10 to go along with nine rebounds. As uh, the Jazz shot well, Coach, 49% from the floor. They were 14 of 31 from three, 45%. So did a nice job shooting the basketball, and that uh, really kept them engaged. Took decent care of the basketball, considering yeah. they didn't have a lot of, of you know guys that have played that position out there, but only 13 turnovers as a team. So that was one of the things we talked about. Phoenix is, does a great job of turning you over. It was, in fact, the Jazz that kind of turned that back on those two guards, as I mentioned those two guys had 10 turnovers between them. The Suns shot 47.5%. They were 13 of 36 from three, 36%. In addition to uh, Booker and Paul, uh, Cameron Johnson had 20. And Bizback Biombo coming in off the bench had 16 and 13. How about Biombo getting a kind of another breath of life in his career? I, I even thought, I know McGee only had six and uh, had uh, was in a bit of foul trouble, but I thought even JaVale McGee did some nice things. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to see Bismack do his thing. He he actually was part of that lockout year, and when Jimmer and Kawhi had during that time, they had a bunch of the guys that were drafted in that draft come out and play a game in the Marriott Center. So got to meet him and uh, watched his career. Obviously, not have much success, but um, that's one thing you can say about Phoenix. Bismack, Alfred Payton is another guy did a great job. Um, you know, kind of resurrecting his career, and Shamit seems to be a great fit there. Uh, we talked about Jay Crowder and kind of the toughness, and he f- he fits their style for sure. So they definitely have a great idea what their identity is. Yep, and, you know, Chris Paul put him over the top tonight, that's for sure, and the Jazz fought hard, but come up short, 115 to 109. Coming up next, we will get you sound from the coaches and the players. We'll continue to break this one down as well. With that, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way Wednesday night. The Jazz will be back in town playing this very same Suns team. That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. Stay tuned. More next, Jazz Radio Network. Shoot three. Pow! The clock is at zero, and another Utah Jazz game is in the books. This is the Jazz Post Game Show. Ingles underhand scoop to Conley. Back out to Joe. Fires the three. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Donovan skies and hammers. Now with the recap of tonight's game, here's Jake Scott and Tim LaCole. Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. Jazz come up just short tonight against the Phoenix Suns. They lose 115 to 109. Uh, let's, uh, let's lead off with the points of the paint tonight. Coach, uh, brought to you by, <clears throat> excuse me, Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-CERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters, proven and trusted experts in painting. Uh, tonight, points in the paint. Uh, Jazz outscored 52-44. to 44. A little surprised the, the Suns number is that high, but I guess, you know, Chris Paul did a lot of damage getting uh, into the paint and doing a nice job uh, dishing. Yeah, that in that's where they play a lot, right? Is that mid range? So I actually think the Jazz did a decent job scoring with them, given the the roster and a bunch of new faces. But they they definitely played downhill. They they got to spots where they could get easy you know, shots, and I thought Forrest was definitely on attack, getting all the way to the rim tonight. Uh, the Suns had eighteen offensive rebounds, so that probably didn't help. No, that never helps. Extra, including five by Jamel Javale McGee alone. 
five of his nine total rebounds were offensive. So that's something. But, uh, you know, Hassan Whiteside did a nice job rebounding the ball. He had nine. But, they, you know, if you don't have Rudy Gobert. That's just, 20 boards right there. Yeah, this, you're just, saying. this Jazz team's going to have a tough time rebounding the ball. Yeah, that, that was, you know, that was one of the things that you kind of looked at maybe could help the Jazz. And tonight it doesn't, you know, the Jazz do. They get seven offensive rebounds of their own. But uh, to not end those possessions, that really hurt. Yep, no doubt. That's going to be tough. All right, let's let's uh, let's get the postgame sound rolling. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Just intensity and competitiveness. Um, you know, I think there's playing hard is, you know, is as much of a skill as anything else. Just, you know, you saw a guy that's hungry and played hard. And we had a lot of guys, you know, collectively we played hard. And that that's, um, you know, credit to our guys because the team we played plays hard, you know, and that's why it was such a competitive game, you know, and, you know, I think what Chris did in the fourth quarter, he's, he's unique, obviously. Um, but I was, was pleased with our competitiveness. You know, I think we, you know, you'd like to win. I felt that way the other night, you know, we're, you know, I think we're, that that's something that, that our team needs to continue to replicate night in and night out. That's, that's something that was, it, that's within our control is playing with that level of intensity. And Dan, Daniel does it. I was going to say, you mentioned the first few minutes were out of the way. It's like, that was kind of well. Yeah, we had, I mean, we had breakdowns early. We, we made mistakes to get down 7-0. So, I mean, I think some of it, um, having a comfort level offensively to attack, but, you know, the, the early lead was were things that, um, you know, we were switching when we shouldn't switch. We had, we had some breakdowns and there's some things that, you know, against a team like that, you have to have a game plan. And, you know, on a back-to-back, you're, going through a ballroom. So, you know, some of that's to be expected, but again, that, I, you know, that mental focus and that competitiveness, those are the things you're not going to be perfect, but, um, you know, I thought we cleaned some of those things up and, you know, sometimes regardless, forget the coverage, forget the schemes, you know, you just compete and talk and you can make things work, you know, and that's, that's what our guys did tonight. It it he did great. I mean, I don't think there's you know anyone that watched the game would would feel the same. And you know, this is you know, when you're playing in that role behind, you know, two guys that were you know the all-star backcourt last year, you know, whatever, you know that looks like, you know, Mike and Don and obviously, um, you know, core of our team. And so Trent's not going to get those opportunities all the time. And, but he's been, you know, you guys don't get a chance to see practice and some of the things, but he's just steadily improved. And, um, we talked about him just being confident to, you know, to take that corner three, he took two of them, you know, we believe in him taking that shot and, you know, people are going to go under him on pick and roll. He has the ability to, you know, to get in the lane and make plays too. So, um, and then again, on the defensive end, his length makes him a factor. There hasn't been many practices to watch. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. He, seems, he seems more confident than you would expect for a player who doesn't fit. You know, one of the things that happens, you know, even if there aren't, you know, team practices, there's those guys put in a lot of work, you know, particularly the guys that aren't playing heavy minutes. We try to keep them, keep them in shape and keep them getting better. And so that, that, that work, anytime you invest like that, and he's someone that steadily, you know, I remember him giving him a hard time on first day of practice, he took a charge. Um, and I still remember that. And, you know, as a young player, you're, 
you're finding your way and you're learning and um you know he's got knocked back a couple of times with the ankle last year obviously you know in the d league season he wasn't able to participate in last year um because there really wasn't one um and even this year you know he's, he's kind of picked up steam and he got covid right after that he played really well at toronto um you know so that that's something i think that you know our coaching staff and our players you know take pride in you know really pushing guys to get better and it's a credit to Eli more than any anybody else, obviously, because that's something that he's committed to. He's unbelievably coachable. And uh, you know, as you said, I think he understands that we have confidence in him when he's got to you know, throw ahead, catch and shoot three. Um, and he's able to make some plays too. He got caught in traffic a little tonight. That that, you know, we all did because they're so long and, and collapsed, but he also did a really good job. You mentioned mental focus and effort. Do it. Just do it. At some point, like it's, you know, do it. You do it, you win, you don't, you lose. Yeah, go ahead. I thought that was a pretty good wrap-up. You don't always win when you do do it, but if you don't do it, it's hard. Are you guys confident? Um, you know, picture question. If you guys are healthy, you know, you guys are playing well, you guys are confident. Uh, I mean, I, I just, like, you get confidence from playing hard and playing together. And you get confidence from having an identity. And our identity as a team has gone in and out at times this year. So that confidence will come when we continue to perform at a certain level, um, whether we win or lose. And, um, the, the, you know, we, we, we've got, you know, months before that that happens. And you guys have heard me say it a bunch. I, I, I want to be the best version of ourselves, you know, at the right time. And that means keep getting better. And, you know, I think what we saw tonight was, you know, some guys really digging in and doing things to help us get better. And I think everybody felt that, even the guys that didn't play. And that just has to be, that's the standard. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. There you go. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder felt like uh, Coach Lacombe. A lot of Coach Snyder's comments surrounded uh, effort and focus. And you heard him say that uh, when you do it, uh, you win. When you don't, you lose. And that whole idea of identity, you know, and, and the identity of the of this team, I would totally agree with him. It's kind of gone in and out, right? Uh, you've seen it at times, and then you, you you lose it. And I think that that's the piece that he got motivated tonight by watching a bunch of guys play really hard and really together. And the fact that they don't have, you know, they don't all know the plays, everything exactly right. Um, I've always believed that playing hard will make up for a lot of that. And he talked about communication making up for that too. Talk to each other, and you may not know. I think what he say, you may not know the schemes, but you, you talk, talk and out. you get through it. That's you know? right. And it it felt a loss is a loss, I'm sure, but it felt like he was proud proud of his team tonight. Yeah, I I would say that you consider the you know the fight they gave last night, and then the number of guys that dropped off, the, their ability to finish that strong tonight in particular. Um, and like he said, compete, you know, to a point where make your head coach really proud. I think that's got to be a good sign. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Jazz certainly competed, took a lead into the fourth quarter, and it took a pretty uh, spectacular performance from a Hall of Fame player in order to uh, lock down the win for the Phoenix Suns, who have the best record in the NBA. So certainly exceeded my expectations for tonight. And I know that sounds kind of negative and condescending, but seriously, Jazz missed half their team, and it really is the better half, and they still gave the Suns a run for their money. Yeah, it was to me same thing. I thought that I thought it might get tough tonight. You know, that I, I felt like the Jazz would compete, but maybe like in Toronto, run out of bodies. You know, run out of you know just kind of get fatigued. But they stayed with it all night, and it, it took everybody. You know, uh, Eli Hughes came in, hit big shot, um, gave them a shot in the arm. Pascal was great again, and I think he's a guy they've got to find minutes for. I really do, especially you know making energy a big statement. He, he's a guy I think they need to find time for because he brings it every time. Well, Booner agrees with you. You heard Ron talking about it after the game, that uh, demanding minutes and Pascal energy, physicality, 
you know, tonight, 14 points, four rebounds. Um, doesn't necessarily play perfectly at a couple of turnovers and weren't so terrific, but he'll go out there and guard. I totally agree. I agree with you and Boone. I, I think, you know, whether it's you're giving him a look at the backup center or I even think he can get out there and, and guard, you know, guard some wings, make it tough on some wing players for a few minutes during a game. Shouldn't they think he's played well enough to, to demand a few extra minutes once everybody gets that back and healthy? One play stands out to me uh, that he made tonight. He, he, you, you guard a flare. So a flare screen, uh, you see it often, but they set above the free throw line. And, you know, you can kind of get guys who are standing in the weak side, maybe get picked off and skip the ball over their heads. Um, so the way you guard a flare is you run to their body and go over the top of the flare. And Pascal was trailing that flare so hard tonight that the, the screener had to move and he actually got an offensive foul that's on right. that flare. Yep. So just down to that little detail, but that's all because he's excited and he's playing hard. And we have to go back and look at it. I think he had just made a play on the offensive side before that too. So it was kind of one of those one-man swings where he really had a, a dynamic impact on on the game. And the more a lot of these young players uh, play with effort like that, I wonder how much more opportunity. I mean, we've seen Trent Forrest, for example, uh, even as recently as last night, play a bunch of extra minutes so Mike Conley didn't have to play 40 like Chris Paul did tonight, even though the Jazz did end up losing a close one against the Warriors. But if Trent Forrest can play effective minutes, that's that's a big deal if you want to get Mike, uh, Mike Conley healthy to the end of the season. I totally agree. And you can trust Trent. You know, and he's now been out there in a night where, you know, he's really got to actually provide some some offense, and he comes out with 17 points on 8 of 12. I mean, you got to like the way he competed defensively, but that adding that to his game and having a game like that offensively was great. All right, uh, post game is brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign, featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MarkMillerSubaru.com. Jazz fall tonight to the Phoenix Suns, 115-109. We'll get you uh, some sound from the players coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night, post game show, Jazz Radio Network, Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Let's uh, check out your Master of the Glass tonight, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass is Son Whiteside who had uh, nine boards, two of which came on the offensive end. But the Jazz got uh, beat up pretty good on the boards tonight. They were out-rebounded 51-38. to And as we mentioned, uh, Phoenix had 18 offensive rebounds tonight. Ooh. That's probably where they missed Rudy the most, honestly. Oh, I mean, sure. Phoenix scored 115 points. It's not a bad defensive effort on the Suns. They missed Rudy cleaning that glass. Yeah, there were times, you know, Trent Forrest got involved in, you know, having to, to block out a bigger guy, you know, and just – uh, it, it's difficult, you know, the way the Jazz really competed and fought. But yeah, that was that. You can't give a, a team 18 offensive rebounds. A lot of that led to foul shots or, or you know, baskets on those misses. So that's that's a tough way to that's 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 a tough stat to lose like that. Jazz did not quite get to 111 points. And of course, remember this season when the Jazz score 111 or more points in game, Jazz app users score free Arby's classic roast beef sandwich the very next day. Download the Utah Jazz app, turn on notifications, visit utahjazz.com slash score big to learn more. Jordan Clarkson tried his best to make you wrong, coach, but Rostradamus strikes again, 21 and 2? 21 and 2. That was a tough one. The last couple ones have been tough. They've all been right around the number, man. Yep. I think they what they hit it right on twice, twice, and then uh, tonight missed by two. How about that? Do I get to hear a roasty? Strikes again. Rostradamus <laughs> strikes again. Seriously, no big deal. You know what you're doing over there, Rostradamus. We're trying. We yeah. are trying our best. <laughs> I'm sorry we didn't get roast beef, but it was close. It's close. All right, uh, let's get some more player, or let's go get some more post-game sound. Let's get to the players. Let's start things out tonight with Jared Butler. Last time uh, I saw 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think it's just reps and um, experience. And like you said, like, it's like the first time, the second time I feel more comfortable. I know what kind of what to expect. And uh, yeah, I think just for me, it's just experience and reps. And, uh, you know, I, I think it was a good night. We're going to talk about the importance of this team realizing that mental focus and effort are being under your control. Yeah, for sure. I mean, with the lineup and everybody kind of, you know, not being like the normal jazz, um, it took it took the whole team. And I think for the most part, we brought our energy. We competed at a high level. We, you know, we had the mental focus for sure. And I think they're a great team. And um, like a few plays, you know, are, were the difference between us winning and losing. And uh, I mean, you can accredit that to mental toughness for sure. But um, I think we we got it. We we had mental toughness throughout the game. That makes sense. Uh, plus minus, um, you know, I don't know if it's super credible, but you know, it's something I look at. It's like, you know, who who's impacting the game, stuff like that. What was uh, the game? Like, it's fair to say, no one expected guys to win. Yeah. Five stars, missing Joe. What made you guys so competitive? Like I think the mental toughness, like we we didn't come out there expecting to lose. We didn't we didn't go out there expecting, okay, like we're playing you know, top team in the West, like let us just, you know, lay down and you know get get shots up. Like we we intentionally came out there to win. And um I think things like that is gonna help us throughout the whole season. So yeah. How much better does it feel? Like just throughout the course of the game, you can see a shot up there. <laughs> I, it's it's good for me because you know, I like to shoot the ball a lot. And um especially the first one going in is super important. But um but yeah, it feels really good. What's the difference between trying to get to your spots? This might be an obvious question. Uh-huh. What's the difference between trying to get to your spots against Chris Paul or trying to get to your spots in the season? I think it's just about the same. I mean, I think only difference between um this and like maybe preseason is just like like for 48 minutes, you know, I think in preseason, it's just in short stints of like pressure defense or, you know, maybe high level defense. But um, I think it's just about the same for me. I feel kind of the same feel tempo, you know. With Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like one of those moments like, okay, like, dang, like you dreamed of, like he was literally on my wall growing up. He played in New Orleans. He was like CB3, Crescent City Connection. Like that was like, you know, big for me. And then hitting the three in his face is like, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? But like, it's just one of those moments, man, in life where you're like, man, you know, dreams can come true. Um, but it's it's a great feeling, but much respect for Chris Paul. Like, you know. Did you talk to him about it? Yeah, not, not about that. Not about three, but, you know, I... I oh, no, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> but um, but you know, I said was up. He um he kind of reached out to me before um because he knew um when I was at Baylor winning the championship and stuff like that. So um uh, we kind of had prior knowledge of no- knowing each other. But other than that, I just said was up. You know. Yeah, I think it takes a lot of like mental clarity because, you know, throughout the whole game, you know, there's ups and downs. And then like the last eight minutes, six minutes, there's like, okay, like this is, this is all that matters right now. Whatever happened before, it doesn't matter. And I think he has the ability to, you know, have all the weight on his shoulders and not, you know, and live with the consequences. Uh, and that's something that I kind of want to um, be like and something that I'm attracted to, but yeah, I think that's why. All right, there you go. That is Jared Butler tonight. Butler, 13 points, five of nine, shooting three of four from three, including a three over Chris Paul. You heard him talking about it there. If you haven't uh, been searching around the Twitter sphere, you heard him asked about a picture of a young Jared Butler. I mean, he had to be young teens at most uh, in a picture with a youngish looking Chris Paul. And that's got to be surreal, right? Yeah, I mean, we talked about how Chris has been in this league for 17 years now. A lot of these guys grew up with him and, uh, you know, 
he had the poster on the on the bedroom wall and all of that. It's got to be surreal, certainly, to go up uh, against somebody you've looked up to for a long time. I remember uh, <clears throat> working with we worked with Keith Van Horn at Utah, obviously, and he went into the NBA in the next year, uh, catching a game where the Nets and the Bulls played, and you know for a couple different possessions, you know Van Horn's guarding Jordan, and it just seems so weird to me that. You know, you know, it's but even weirder the player. I mean, Keith would probably feel in the same way uh, as Jared tonight. But you know, Jared didn't play like he was in awe. I thought he he actually went out there and with all of the, you know, the way the season's been for him, kind of spotty minutes here and there. I thought he was really good tonight. You know, made shots. Um, I didn't feel like he forced it too much. You know, and uh, you know, one of the things I think he's adjusted. He's not dribbling the ball as much. You know, he's getting to a decision a little quicker. I saw somebody online, I think it might have been Tony Jones from The Athletic, uh, not to give Tony credit if he didn't say this, but as the the game slows down for him a little bit, he has the potential to be really good because you can see the basic skills there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, But, you know, it takes – you don't just come into this league and get used to the physicality, um, you know, surpass the work that other guys have done. So, you know, this is a route he's taking. And, um, yeah, I like that he's staying steady. sounds like he's uh, mentally there. And um, he understands that, you know, this is a, a real gift to be able to do this. want to remind you about the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators program presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Utah Jazz and Instructure will recognize 21 MVEs. Each one will receive visit from Jazz Bear, $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Go to nba.com slash jazz slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator now. Let's go back to Phoenix. It's time now to hear from uh, uh, Daniel House. Uh, I just could control what I can control. You know what I mean? Um, just try to make sure I show up to work every day, get better every day. So when my number is called, I'm able to perform. So I'm not I'm not counting the days because they, obviously they gave me another one. So they, they kind of believe in me. Well, they believe in me right. <laughs> So because uh, they gave me another one. So I'm just going to ride the wave and make sure I get better. What were you saying out there tonight? Uh, I, this team has a really good chance to be extremely phenomenal. Um, we got a great staff. Uh, once the pieces fall into place, I'm 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 really gonna be excited to see it. So, what makes you what makes you say that? Uh, I mean, um, I mean, guys, these are today the guys that play today are are considered rotation in and out. But for them to take the number one team in the Western Conference and and have a dog fight. It shows you how much toughness this team has. And uh, those, we, of course, we're not the starters. So just imagine if we are fully, fully healthy and everybody's come back. And um, I feel like this team can, can do a lot of things. So we just got to continue to work, build, and trust the process that, that Quinn is putting us through. I saw you struggle a lot throughout the game with Quinn, like dead balls, timeouts. You're having like steady conversations with him. Is that just a product of? trying to get as much information that long or conversations I mean yeah some some correction uh, a lot of a lot of communication on how we want to do stuff and what I see so uh, Quinn trusts the process and he trusts us so he just asked me what I see and then if he sees something else we just try to correct it as a unit and make sure that we can we can get a stop or a rebound or whatever we need to execute that we execute where do you help this team uh, I really I, I really I really do a lot of things, so I'm I'm just still just trying to figure it out. But uh, whatever the team needs me to do, I'm just I'm willing to do it. You mentioned that obviously tonight, not you know most of the rotation guys are out of the and you're competing against the Phoenix Suns, the best record in the league, and you're leading deep into the fourth quarter. Like, what what was kind of the the story tonight, just in terms of why you guys are so competitive? Oh no! We, I mean, every night we want to be competitive. Every night, uh, if the starters play to 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 the last man on the bench playing, we that's that's what we stand for: playing hard and playing the right way. So that's always key, especially when Quinn is is, is drawing up the game plan. Uh, of course, we have got a great coaching staff. Like that go back to them. Uh, they put together a nice nice game plan and they make sure that we execute or try to get the best looks as as much and as often as possible. Daniel, you were here maybe 24 hours when we first talked to you. You already like were really enjoying being around Quinn. Mm-hmm. What is what is it that you talk so highly about the coaching staff too? Tell me about that. 
Uh, I, I mean, I love I love everyone here. I mean, they they welcome me with open arms, uh, accepted me. No one has ever turned me down. They always ask me if I need anything. They're always making me comfortable. So it's, especially being a guy that's been accustomed to a certain uh, certain way for years and then come over here and be welcome with, with loving arms, uh, it makes you it makes you it makes you really enjoy the process and everything. So that's why like I feel like the the staff, the organization, they just do does an unbelievable job from top to bottom. Uh just to make sure that every player on this roster have whatever they need, whenever they need, and so much more. And then but again, this 24 hours, and you're like, I really like Quinn. Yeah, no, I, I like Quinn because his energy, his energy, his effort, uh, like, he's passionate about it. Like, we are, we are passionate about it, obviously. So, like, of course, that's going to bring chemistry. Uh, but not only that, he's a great dude. Off the court, he's a great dude. Like, and to me, that's 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 before basketball because being having human, human traits like that, characteristics, it speaks a lot about your character. Um, but he the head coach of the Utah Jazz. He can walk around with his head up, but he don't do that. He he want he want everybody to have the same energy. He want everybody to be on top. He want everybody to succeed because that's the type of person he is. That's he's a selfless person. What's it been like for, for you to just kind of? I know it's kind of big picture, but what's it been like for you just kind of over your career, just kind of having to fight for everything that you got? I'm I'm used to it. I <laughs> I don't even trip anymore. It is what it is. That's 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 the role that I'm assist. So I just gotta learn to adapt and not look look at the bad of it. Look at the good and figure it out. Daniel House, uh, very interesting comments from him. He had a great game tonight. Four of nine, fourteen points, four assists, couple of steals, seven rebounds uh, from him. Obviously, thinks a lot of of the potential of this team. Uh, talked very glowingly about the reception and the atmosphere around the franchise. I mean, you know, of course, I'm sure he'd love to get signed on permanently for the rest of the season. So I want to say some nice things, but you know, he kind of alluded, I don't know if he outright said this, but alluded to, you know, he's been other places and this is, this is pretty darn nice. Interesting coming from him. Those, those te- Rockets teams he came out here with too. You can imagine the reception, those guys, you know, the way the Rockets kind of treated the jazz for a couple of years in the playoffs, Harden, the boys showed up out here. There was not a lot of love lost, but he fired many an arrow into the crack. He did. I remember that so often. The Jazz would get right back in the game and house from the corner. God. So it's great to have him. I, I think you saw what he can do. Like his uh, plays, you know, pushing up the floor, getting up in his defender, causing deflections. Um, and he tacked the rim really hard tonight. He he got fouled hard, but I, I love the energy that guy played with. Yeah. He, he's got nice size. Obviously got uh, good athleticism. Uh, his comments about Coach Snyder were pretty uh, pretty interesting. That uh, what did he say? Coach could walk around with his head up. He's the uh, you know probably nose up in the air is what he's aiming for. I'm sure uh, because he's the head coach of the Utah Jazz and he doesn't do that kind of a human uh, side of Quinn Snyder. The players talk about quite a bit. It's it, to me it seems like he spends a lot of time on that, and I think that's brilliant. You know because to really ask somebody um, you know to give everything, you got to understand what makes them go what motivates them so in order to do that you've got to spend time and be sincere and be genuine and guys can tell when when play when coaches are and quinn definitely is post game is brought to you by mark miller subaru and the my subaru is campaign featuring real stories from real mark miller subaru customers subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share read some and share your own my subaru is.com coming up next we'll get you more player sound jazz falls short tonight in phoenix 115 to 109 right here on the jazz radio network Jazz game night postgame show. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Learn more and share your own story at MySubaruIs.com. Jazz come up short tonight. Short-handed, but uh, short is on the scoreboard as well. 115 to 109. Uh, let's uh, check out your Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with Chick-fil-A one app. Tonight, the Jazz for 15 of 22 from the line. And how about this uh, uh, number? 8 of 15 for the Suns. I mean, obviously not a very good percentage, but 15 attempts, not bad either. In fact, the last several games, the Jazz have done a nice job 
of uh, playing D without fouling. That, exactly right. And those are little wins, you know. As a coach, you're, you're taking note of that stuff. You're seeing the, pardon the pun, taking note. I'm looking at Jake Hatch's tweets too often. Um, <laughs> no, you, you're, you're aware of, of those sort of things. And so that, that's a good trend, you know, to be able to guard without fouling, keep guys in front, really, really important. And I'd have to go back and look at it. It was something crazy, like only four foul shots in the first half. And Phoenix went to the line a lot more in the fourth quarter, as kind of you would expect. But still, uh, Jazz did a nice job. I thought defensively all the way around. Uh, Coach, I don't know if you've seen the offensive rating numbers for Phoenix yet, but uh, I I didn't think I, – I was with you. I didn't think they'd make it to the 111 to the Arby's, but I also thought Phoenix was going to be well into the 120s. I did too. I, I actually kind of pictured a game like 125-95. Or something like that, right. to be fully honest. So the Jazz definitely exceeded expectation tonight. And really, the, the piece that Quinn got out of it, too, is I need to ask more of everybody, right? Like, these guys go out there, they they figure it out, and we've all got to do that. You know, everybody talks about being committed to it, but, you know, the proof's in the pudding. There was a little bit of a feel like, For hey, sure. if these guys can go out there and do it, you know, I'm going to expect that out of everybody, which is totally fair from a head coach, I think. 100%. That's how you turn the corner, really, you know, as you, you start getting everybody on that train and, and you, the crazy places you can go, you know. Let's get some more player sound. Let's go back to Phoenix. It's now time to hear from Trent Forrest. I feel like it slowed down because I picked up my aggressiveness defensively. That's helped kind of slow the game down for me. So I would say it has, but in a sense, I still kind of push the aggressive side a little bit. What prompted that? Um, it was a combination of all of it, honestly. Um, talking to the coaches, talking to a lot of the guys on the team from literally from Don all the way down to the young guys, everybody's kind of been telling me to be more aggressive. Then even like the people of like my family, my mom. Um, people that I'm close with, they've all been saying that as well. So it's kind of just been a combination and a kind of a mind shift, mindset switch. You talked to Mike for just a second last night, and he was like, Trent started to confidence. Do you feel that? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I mean, one of my coaches, I think KD was telling me, he was like, you, you're most confident when I'm doing things aggressively, defensively. So whether it's picking up, trying to just bother people um that's kind of when i'm at my best so um i definitely feel like my confidence is starting to come back it's just continuing to build you still i mean like you pick up back like devin booker that's called like full court yeah do you, do you hear from them um not as much um i just know i'll probably honestly hear more from mike because he's like he tells me how guys kind of do him so he's like I mean, you're young, so kind of do the same thing that they try to do to me. So that's probably who I hear from most is Mike. <laughs> What's kind of the key on that like this when you're missing five starters? It's, you know, some guys are in the rotation, some guys not so much. And you're going out there and like taking to the team sun for most of the time. Um, just got to be locked into the game plan. Um, and I feel like we have a lot of smart guys and just the organization in general. So playing with each other was pretty easy. Um, like I said, everybody was kind of locked in from, from the start of the game plan to the end. Um, we just had a few breakdowns there at the end. But other than that, I feel like that's what kind of kept us together in the game for the most part. Is it even more of a confidence boost? I mean, you know, it's a game that probably no one expected you guys to win, yeah. right? And you the Phoenix Suns pretty much down to the wire. Yeah, no, it's a, a big confidence boost. I feel like for everybody, because um, obviously, I mean, we were on the street where we weren't playing good at all. And um, I think Coach had told us we had like 11 steals, and that was like the first time in this whole year. And they don't turn the ball over a lot. So just things defensively like that, it, it's definitely a confidence boost for us. You guys are going from like something to prove when it's a game like this? Um, definitely. Um, I mean, we, we know they're going to play physical um, and we have to be at our best to play against the best team in the NBA, arguably. So um, it's definitely a good test for us. Coach, 
what are the challenges of being out there with, you know, obviously like you you're seeing nightly minutes, but you know, Elijah's not always getting a chance, Jared's not always getting a chance. What are kind of the adjustments in the air kind of guys who you're not necessarily noticeable with them? Um I would have said it's not hard because they, like I said, everybody kind of knows our system as a whole. Um, so it's just for them. I feel like they have to kind of pick their spots to be aggressive as well. Um, I mean, like JB, he, he's going to shoot off the dribble and that's what we want him to do. So I feel like for them, that's kind of the balance they kind of have to find. But I mean, they play extremely well tonight. That is Trent Forrest, who is very good. 17 points tonight for Trent, 8 of 12, 1 of 2 from 3. He had six boards, a couple of assists, only one turnover for him in 36 minutes. And uh, he goes out there and he he plays hard, man. He, he, he D's up and he makes plays. And, you know, the 3 is not necessarily his strength, but he even knocked down one of those. He, he must be a joy to coach, you know. He, he keeps everything really, really simple. Um, seems like a very sincere guy. And like you said, it's always – easy to coach guys who play hard, you know, um, he was well coached. I'll tell you that much in college, Florida state. Um, and, and so he, he definitely understands what competition is and what you've got to do, uh, to be successful. And I like, I like his growth. You know, he's shown a lot of growth from when he started playing, uh, you know, last year to three to this year. And I think if I'm not mistaken, 17 points is a career high. So congrats to Trent on that. Well, and he's done a nice job, uh, you know, battling for minutes and box, boxing out Jared Butler and Elijah Hughes, uh, a couple of guys who also have taken advantage of opportunities. So, uh, you know, he's him keeping that spot. I know it's not a, a big-time rotational spot with the Jazz, but him kind of protecting those minutes give him a lot of credit because there's a couple of other players who are battling for those minutes that are pretty good too. Yeah, for sure. And the fact that Trent can, you know, really defend, I, I think that is what is so exciting about his growth is, you know, he does the hard part. If he can actually, he takes care of the ball, he gets to where it needs to go. If he can start making a couple shots, because he definitely defends that position very nicely. All right, post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Uh, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Your final, the Jazz fall to the Suns tonight, 115 to 109. Coming up next, we'll have your play of the game. Uh, we've got some stat nuggets from our friend Tyson Ewing, and we'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one before we turn to the page, uh, turn the page to the next game against the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday night. Stay tuned. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. House attacking Cameron Johnson goes behind the back, steps through to the rack, finger roll, layup and in. Our guy, David Locke, and your play of the game right there, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service sales and selection, LHMauto.com, driven by you, Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, 115-109 is your final. The Jazz come up just a tad short against the Phoenix Suns. Post Game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. If you're just joining us, Jazz really shorthanded but fought hard. Just came up a little bit short, led by Jordan Clarkson's 22 points on 9 of 20 shooting. Uh, Trent Forrest, who we just heard from in the last segment, 17 points, a career high for him, six rebounds, a couple of assists as well. Um, Pascal had 14 off the bench. Daniel House had 14. Uh, Rudy Gay with 13 tonight. Jared Butler with 13 off the bench. Hassan Whiteside had 10 board, or 10 points to go along with uh, nine rebounds. He had a couple of assists and a block. Good to see Hassan back out on the floor, Coach. He got off to a bit of a slow start in the first quarter, but I actually thought uh, kind of rebounded and played a nice game in 33 minutes. Yeah, he was, you know, he. I would imagine coming back to, to playing after being out is has got to be strange. But I, I thought by the end of the game, he really was competing. You know, think about some of the plays at the rim that he blocked, um, you know, rebounds that he tracked down. Um, he, he, he was good tonight, and he was definitely uh, a force back in the paint. For the Suns, though, Chris Paul with a just unbelievable performance um, in the fourth quarter. Uh, what a lock hit us with that he either scored or assisted on uh, 20 points there in the fourth quarter for the Suns. Just amazing. 14 assists for Chris, nine rebounds as well. Booker had 33 on 14 of 35, shooting three of 13 
from three. Uh, Cameron Johnson with 20 and Bismack Biombo with uh, 16 and 13, not to mention a block coming in off the bench. Took uh, it, it took all Phoenix had. I know they were a bit shorthanded too without Aiton or Crowder, but they had to uh, really kick it into extra gear to get the W tonight. They did, and I don't think they were thinking they were going to have to do that. You no. know, I thought they come out, got the Jazz down 10, and, and thought – Let's push this thing up to 20 by halftime, and the Jazz just wouldn't have any of it. I really love the way they competed, and I can tell Quinn did too. Yep. All right, let's get to some stat nuggets from our friend Tyson Ewing. He does stats for uh, the television broadcast in AT&T Sportsnet, and he's nice enough to share a few stats with us for the postgame. You can follow him on Twitter at TyEwing2. Let's start out with this. Daniel House recorded at least two blocks and two steals for just the third time of his career. Uh, Chris Paul scored or assisted on 22 of Phoenix's 34th quarter points. So wow. there you go. There's the exact number. Gee whiz. Is that good? He is. He's <laughs> Locke said it. He's the maestro. He he's, is the maestro. I do think there is something to he's better on a team that's kind of up and coming and he can put a stamp on as opposed to trying to figure out how to split a team with James Harden. I just and deal with ego. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't think that was his straight. I don't think that was his personality. You know, kind of got that bulldog kind of thing in it. And Lock and Boo talked about it. I'm sure it does wear a little thin, but when you're a little younger in the league and you've been putting Chris Paul on a pedestal for a while, it's probably a little easier to take that message than when you're, say, you know, James Harden, Blake Griffin are kind of more of a, a contemporary from a, a timeline standpoint, not necessarily from a skill set standpoint. Yeah, he's, I'll tell you what, he just is so, he plays at his own pace. And it's so good, and he, he gets the big guy in the switch, and he knows exactly what he's going to do with him, but he makes him wait, <laughs> you know, yeah. backs him up and between the legs and stutter. Yeah, he's just fun to watch. He, he, he's put a lot of work into that craft. All right, during the Suns, more from Tyson, during the Suns, uh, Suns game-clinching 20-5 to run from the 9.5-minute mark to the 3.5-minute mark of the fourth, Phoenix shot 8 of 9 from the floor while the Jazz were 2 of 11. That's it. That's the difference. That was, yep, that yep. was it. Um, let's see with 35 shot attempts. It's the second most shot attempts of Devin Booker's career. The most he ever attempted was 40 and that's when he scored 70 against, uh, Boston back in March of 2017. I remember that game. They lost that game, even though he scored 70 points. Dead Booker's different with Chris Paul. His mark on the team is Booker's a, a much, much different player. Uh, in my opinion anyway. All right. And then here's our final one. Uh, the this is the sixth fewest points any NBA player has scored with 35 plus shot attempts since 2005. Here are the rest. All right, Rudy Gay in 2013 with uh, 29, tied for second are Jalen Brown and Bradley Beal. Brown, uh, Beal in 2019, Brown in 2021 with 30, Donovan Mitchell in 2018 with 31, Kobe Bryant in 2010 with 32, and Devin Booker tonight with 33. He was. I didn't think of that angle, but that's crazy. Yes, 35 is a lot of shots. A lot of shots. Oh, we were joking about Clarkson getting 30 up. Uh, Clarkson, uh, I thought, was was pretty efficient by Jordan Clarkson's standards tonight. Now he knocked down some some um, but that's aggressive he, ones in the fourth quarter. That is what he does. You got to watch. You got to keep watching. Some are going to go, some aren't. He had 22 on 9 of 20 shooting, so he took 20 shots. You set the over under at 30, <laughs> under by a little ways. Under just a touch. But Devin Booker over. 35, uh, 35 shots and only 33 points. I mean, you'll take it. Jazz were close. They, they were close to really kind of a stunner, right? And um, they, they did a good job of competing tonight. I, I think they learned a bunch about themselves as a unit, guys that, you know, don't play a ton but can get give them a, a little bit more. And then I think coaches, you know, I think they learned something tonight too. Well, Coach, let's get some final thoughts. We're going to see this Phoenix Suns team again on Wednesday. It's the only bummer to me is, you know, we've been watching the Jazz play so many games and, and I've been so curious to watch um, Phoenix play because we haven't seen them yet. And on a night where, you know, it was a it was a great game, but it's a great game in a different way. Um, you know, all the guys for the Jazz that were missing and then certainly some key guys for Phoenix, too. But um, love the way they they fought. You know, I thought a couple of guys kind of put their mark on things tonight. I thought Trent Forrest had a remarkable game for him. Um I think he t- kind of turned the corner uh, as a little bit more of a score um, and understands that sometimes you've got to be aggressive. You know, if teams are going to cheat on you and you got to make them pay. So I liked what he did tonight. And then, um, you know, I, th- I thought as a, as a whole, I thought, like you said, Clarkson was, was pretty efficient, did some good things, made some shots late to keep the Jazz in it. Um, but overall, you know, the, the competition, the way that the guys fought, 
that'll probably be the thing that stands out the most to me. Jazz fall tonight, just short, 115-109. to 109. We want to say thanks to everybody who participated in the broadcast tonight. Of course, David Locke and Ron Boone doing a great job calling the action, the broadcast assistants. Jeff's back tonight. Jeff Carroll, executive producer of Jazz Game Night, doing a great job as always. Thanks to Mark Miller, Subaru, the title sponsor of the postgame show, and the My Subaru is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse. And each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. As I mentioned, your final Suns beat the Jazz 115 to 109. Uh, Coach, as always, thank you. Appreciate your fine work. Namaste. I haven't used that one in a while. but Yeah. We'll see you Wednesday night. Yeah, let's see if we can get a, a few more guys in Jazz uniforms. Next up, the same Suns team here at Vivint Arena this time on Wednesday night. That game will tip off late tip. 8 o'clock pregame coverage begins at 7. Of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.